This New Year's Eve, make sure you have a designated walker. I'm Joe Fulgham. Knife collections and booze? Recipe for success? I'm Kevin Leeson. I would sleep in that graveyard, but it's too chilly out. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. It's the Caustic Soda New Year's podcast. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Weep, weep, pow, pow, pop, pop. Uh-oh. That was a truck backing up for a very short distance. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Look out, drunk people. Uh, the word origin of year comes Ooh. from Proto-Indo-European year-o, from the root year for year season. So it's mm. been that word for a long time. And it means in, you're a year in older? Our, in our languages. Right? Uh, yes, uh-huh. I, I guess so. Yep. Yeah. Euro. There's an interesting uh, etymology of the word calendar that I found uh. while doing research, researching here. I'm let, gonna, me, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Uh... People's butts used to be named R. Calipigian? Cal, Cal, Cal and Deer. And R. R. Oh, end. Okay. Okay. It's actually, uh, so I'm going to, we normally go from ours backwards. I'm going to go forwards here. The original Proto-Indo-European kele meant to call or shout out. Okay. In Latin, this became calare to announce solemnly. Calare. This then led to the word calend for the first day of any Roman month, which oh. is when debts fell due and accounts were reckoned. So you'd call in your debts, right? Oh, it was, the, wow. this it was is, the debt calling day on the first of the month. This is like the telephone game for etymology. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, in Old French, that kind of went sideways to become calendier for list or register, and then in circa 1200 in English, calendar for system of division of the year. So just... Right. All those months, that's the calendar. Yep. And it wasn't until the mid-14th century when it meant a table showing the divisions of the year, so an actual thing you'd put in your wall going. Yeah, with actual days on it. Like yeah. You're saying, hey, this is this is the day that you have to give the church a bunch of money. This is the day you have to sit in church. This is the day you have to get diddled by a church member. No, oh, they put that on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not anymore, I don't think. Uh, so before the mid-14th century, they just had a paper of month showing things. I don't know what they had. I don't think they had much in the way of paper and printing in the mid-14th. They they (laughs) would just look up in the sky and go, I don't know, the sun seems a little lower, so it's winter? (laughs) Yeah, you you did not have that, like, graphic of, like, the days flipping by on that little paper, you know, uh, uh, like you did in the old 40s movies. Yep, show the passage of time. You had lithographs or whatever they did in the 14th century. The irrational fear of holidays is hyortophobia. Hyorto. What's a hyorto? I don't know. Mm. Uh, It's it's probably like, you know, Greek for holiday or something. Uh, Here's your toe. Uh, You lost it because you celebrated too hard. That's why you got a fear of it. Losing toes. From winter climbs, you go out out and celebrate in the snowbanks and you lose your toes. Mm, that's, oh yeah, y- y- yeah. And then you have to go listening for them. Here, your toes. No, it's like, hey, here's your toe. Oh, oh I, thought it was I see. Here, toe. Here, toe. <laughs> Here, toe. Oh, Come on, starts. toe. And then so it's like, ah, here's. Hmm. Canophobia or canotophobia is fear of new things and newness. Oh, because of Cain and Abel. Uh, probably they were the, not. They were the newest brothers okay. of all time. Mm-hmm. At one point, not for very long though. No. They're uh, they're kind of the second oldest, really, if you oh. think about it. 
Yeah, long, like, long enough that they could get stabby with each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're not really going to cover too much in the way of alcohol in this because we have done an alcohol episode. That yeah. is a pretty big thing for uh, New Year's Eve, but I'm not going to talk too much about it. The drinking, especially mm-hmm. in North America. Uh, new Year is the time at which a new calendar year begins and the calendar's mm-hmm. year count increments by one. That's the static definition of it. That's right. Many cultures uh, around the world celebrate the event. The earliest- All at different times of the year, though. Well, these days it tends to be January 1st, but yeah, there are, are other cultures. We'll Chinese get New Year is different? They do actually celebrate January 1st in China. I actually have a news story of some terrible stuff oh, that happened. It's Ooh. like cultural uh, imperialism. We're imposing our, uh, you know, Gary Marshall's New Year's Day. I think it's just everybody's looking for another reason to party. Yeah. Right? I was talking to my Muslim friend the other day, uh-huh. and he was telling me about the spring thing, and I was like, well, do you celebrate uh, Christmas? Cause, and he's like, oh, yeah, anytime they have an excuse to get gifts, the kids are into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah of course. Of course, because they're greedy little bastards. Yeah. And the adults have an excuse to get totally drunk and party all night and not go to work the next day. Listen, so I don't need any excuse to drink eggnog. I, I can drink that. that year round. I said the adults, Kevin. Mm-hmm. The earliest recorded festivities in honor of a New Year's arrival date back some 4,000 years to ancient Babylon. Oh. For the Babylonians, the first new moon following the vernal equinox, which would be the late day in March with the an equal amount of sunlight and darkness, heralded the start of a new year. March, okay. L- listen up, right. vernal equinox? That's right. Hey, vernal. They marked the occasion with a massive religious festival called Akitu. Akitu. That's mm-hmm. derived from the Sumerian word for barley, which was cut that spring. Oh, so barley the, day. Okay. The barley Happy festival. Barley Day! Yeah. yeah, we're gonna make beer soon. Yeah, I was about to say, then you can drink beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that evolved a different ritual on each of its eleven days. So it was an eleven day long barley festival. Oh wow. Yeah. Holy for how long is that's barley's important. How long is Christmas? One day. Well, it's Christmas really, Eve though, and Christmas how Day. Many, how many days do you get off work for Christmas, typically? You get a week off work. Well, in Canada, you get two days. You get Technically, Christmas yeah, Day two. and Boxing Day. It's just your business goes, ah, we're going to take the rest of the week right. off. Yeah. But in t- as far as stores are concerned, Christmas starts the day after Halloween. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, according to Americans, Christmas starts the day after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Right. Right. Uh-huh. They're Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, they're which Thanksgiving, is, which know, is the end of November. Yeah, well, that's not what the stores say, though. Well, no, Black Friday is the Friday before Thanksgiving. Right, that's yeah, where all that's the sales true. are. Yeah, that's when I'm going to buy Fallout Four. Oh, on Black Friday because it's uh, going to go. Black Friday just happened. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, so. Oh, oh, or is it this Friday? It was a. Is it? Oh, maybe it's it's Friday coming up. And people go to stores to shop when yeah. like during crowds. Why would you do that? There's an internet because that the, otherwise you don't have an excuse to kill somebody for a pair of on sale shoes. Mm-hmm. You can push someone over at the bra table. That's right. What other time of the year, Joe, do you have the right, the inalienable right, to trample someone (laughs) to death? I'm a straight white male. I can do what I want. No jury in the world will convict you. Not on Black Friday. Exactly. You stomp somebody to death on any other day of the year. Yeah, you're toast. You're toast. You're in trouble. Your Honor, it was Black Friday. Oh, case dismissed. Yep. In addition to the new year, uh, Tiku celebrated the mythical victory of the Babylonian skydog Marduk over the evil sea goddess Tiamat. Oh, yes. And served an important political purpose. It was during this time that a new king was crowned or that the current ruler's divine mandate was symbolically renewed. Pop quiz. Got it. Mm. Who knows how many experience points Tiamat is worth? A thousand. It's going to be more than that. Uh, uh, She's like, indeed, he's demi. Which version? Oh, man. I'm going to say 58,000. Sure, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll look that up and we'll post that in the show. I thought you knew. Wow. I thought you I knew. Thought you knew. <clears throat> Experience points off the top of your head. That no. is a trivia thing you need to find out and just keep like in right. your holster. What your is holster. worth a thousand experience points? You must know some thousand pointers. Oh my, no. Like off the top of your head? No. 
What? Well, well a I thousand. Don't think, I don't think anything's worth a thousand. Well, but, well, there is, but nothing that you could kill at say level one that would then get you to level two with a no. thousand points. Well, no. in fifth edition, it's three hundred to level two. Is it three hundred? Yeah. Oh wow. Short. They short. Yeah. That's right. good. Right. Right. That's good. F level one, man. As civilizations and knowledge progressed, the world developed increasingly sophisticated calendars, uh, typically pinning the first day of the year to an agricultural or astronomical event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Egypt, for instance, the year began with the annual flooding of the Nile, which coincided mm-hmm. with the rising of the star Sirius. Okay. It was a Why serious so day. serious? Why so serious? It's the new year. <laughs> The first day of the Chinese New Year, meanwhile, occurred with the second new moon after the winter solstice. Uh-huh. So that's why it tends to be near near ours, because the winter solstice is December, around, 21st, is December yeah. 21st. So the first right. new moon after that would be their their New Year. No, the second the second one. The se- sorry, second. That's why it's moon. like so always months, late January, like, early February. Right, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. The early Roman calendar consisted of 10 months and 304 days. I don't know how that worked. I guess they didn't know to look at the sky and say that's not enough. Uh, With each new year beginning at the vernal equinox. So I just guess they skipped the other 61 days. I don't Mm. know. Numa Pompilius is credited with adding the months of Januarius and Februarius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over the centuries, the calendar fell out of sync with the sun. Yes. Right? Of course so it would like, when you're missing 60 days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And in 46 BC, Emperor Julius Caesar decided to solve the problem by consulting with his most prominent astronomers and mathematicians of his time. Hey, let's find some experts. Hey, yeah. well, why don't we, okay, this is, we're just instead making getting, it up, it's not working. You know, instead of getting Philip here to You know, out Januarius used to be cold, but now it's hot. Yeah. What's, what's up going with on with that? He introduced the Julian calendar, which closely resembles the more modern Gregorian calendar that most countries use around the world today. What an egotist. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. Let's name it after me. Well, why not? Him As- and Julian Fries. Oh, yeah. I think those are Julian. Oh, what? Uh-huh. Is that fries that you just take a potato and stab it a whole bunch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, et tu patate. You have your Caesar salad. Right. Et, et tu I'll have Caesar salad. salad and Julian Fries. Mm-hmm. There you go. As part of his reform, Caesar instituted January 1st as the first day of the year, partly to honor the month's namesake Janus, the Roman god of beginnings, whose two faces allowed him to look back into the past and forward into the future. Oh, it's like the old man last year plus the baby is the new year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two faces, exactly. Mm -hmm. Romans celebrated by offering sacrifices to Janus, exchanging gifts with one another, decorating Mm -hmm. their homes with laurel branches, and attending raucous parties. Yeah. Uh, Raucous and rollous. Yeah, those are two characters in in uh, Asterix and Obelisk. Rockus and Rollis. Yeah. <laughs> they were the band. Yeah, yeah, they were the Roman band. During the Middle Ages in Western Europe, while the Julian calendar was still in use, authorities moved New Year's Day variously depending on locale to one of several other days. Okay. Yeah, this is what? a pain. Trust me. All right. Uh, so just like at random, it's like, uh, you know, uh, in Florence, uh, New Year's Day is January 20th. Yeah, they thought, well, they thought uh, relying on this Roman calendar was pagan. Right. And of course, good Christians wouldn't use pagan holidays, so right. that can't be the Christian New Year. Right. So among the days they used, the 1st of March, the 25th of March, Easter, 1st of September, and 25th of December. It's Jesus' birthday. That's got to right. be the first day, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, these New Year's Day changes generally reverted to using January 1st before or during the various local adoptions of the Gregorian calendar, which began in 1582. Got it. 
it kind of filtered out. I, I don't want to go into too many details over they changed oh, then and they changed then and but stuff like that. You, I see the inherent advantage of this. If yeah. you really like, if you were like a traveling salesman or a merchant or something like that, you could know where all the New Year's parties were on all the different days. Oh, yeah. You could have like 20 New Year's in like a single year. Oh, yeah, that would be a good right? idea. You know, like it would be like the, the, the 16th, 14th century version of Falling Around the Grateful Dead, right? Maybe that's even why it's like that. He was like, no, it's for Christian reasons, but it's really because that's how long it takes them to travel around to the different yeah, places and yeah, sell their New yeah, Year's Yeah, the junk. merchant class were like, I like to whoop it up. I'm here with my new store. It's the New Year's store. What? When's New Year's? In uh, two tomorrow, weeks. You yeah. better buy your stuff. <laughs> that's right. The change from March 25th to January 1st took place in Scotland in 1600. In England and Wales, and in all the British dominions, including Britain's American colonies, 1751 began mm-hmm. on March 25th and lasted 282 days, mm. and 1752 began in January 1st. Mm. And we actually, have to, we actually have to distinguish between NS, New Style, and OS, Old Style, when talking about dates, because a lot of the dates will, uh, before that date, will say, you know, January 1492, but technically, it was the March would have been 1493, right. so that would have been our January 1493. So you put in NS for New Style, if it's the way that we would have said it, or OS for what they would have said back then. That's just confusing. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, so, choose, I choose not to do it. Okay, you're just going to be confused. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's 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 Torin's natural state of being. It's true. Yeah. So I got a quick thing on why we have leap years. Kind of mentioned it. Okay. Uh, a solar year, the time for the frogs. It's... We do it for the frogs. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a, a Frogger started all. It, it was a Frogger tournament. <laughs> the Frogger tournament yeah. started on the very first leap year. Yeah, on February 29th. It's like the only time you had a Frogger tournament. It was yeah. Julius Caesar uh, loved playing Frogger. Yep, yeah, and right. said, "Let's add a leap year in." Uh, yeah, well, he did. He had analog Frogger, right? That's you know, right. Where the he actual just, like, frogs started horse carts and just like let the frogs go, and the one that made it to the other side, the, that owner was the winner. I love this game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the time it takes the Earth to complete one orbit of the Sun is three hundred sixty-five days, mm-hmm. five hours, forty-eight minutes, forty-six seconds long. Okay. Now that does kind of vary because we do get pushed and pulled by other uh, bodies a little bit here and yeah, there, right. but that's that's a, that's the general rule. This is why we have to switch to a metric calendar. Well, that's <laughs> still not going to be the number of times the Earth rotates is not going to exactly no, line up with the number do. of times how long it You just call it all one day. You're like, yeah, every time we go around the sun, full revolution, one day. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we break we it up into 365 uh, mini days. Just change what words like, mean. Yeah, just yeah. change what words mean. Yeah, yeah. What means. To keep the astro- astronomical and calendar years aligned, an additional day is added to the month of February every few years. Uh, in the old Julian calendar, the one that Julius Caesar came up with, mm-hmm. it's every fourth year is a leap year. However, that's not entirely accurate. It actually shifts off uh, improperly one day in every 128 years. Right. So after, you know, a thousand years, it'll be 10 days off, or 1,280 years, it'll be 10 days off, and it's slowly going to drift. Right. The Gregorian calendar, which we use now, is more accurate. In it, it has to have three criteria to must be taken into account to identify leap years. And I didn't even know this, even though 2000 was a big deal for this one. Right. First off, the if the year is evenly divisible by four, then it's probably going to be a leap year. Yeah. Unless it can be evenly divided by 100, then it's not a leap year. Unless oh. the year is evenly divisible by 400, then it is a leap year. Mathematics. Right? Yeah. So yeah. this gives it an average of 365.2425 solar days, and it has an error of instead of one per 128 years, one day per 3,300 years. Okay. So, so every 330 years, three, every 
3,300 years, right. we'll have to go like, oh, okay, we need an extra day here. So we'll have a February 30th every 3,300 years. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think they'll probably wait, they'll wait 100,000 years and add a month, right? What? Ooh, super month. Let's just do uh, a new yeah. month. Here's, here's the new Free super month. Free month. We have a 13-month year. One, one month year. vacation. Yeah. Just everybody takes the month off. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. just pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. No work will be done. <laughs> You can't or, have any babies. Or in 100,000 years, they'll put some thrusters on the earth and just speed it up a little bit. Ooh, Ooh. What would you call that month? What would be the name of that month? Smarch. 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 Wow, lousy smarch huh. weather. What about... Uh, um, Kevinuary. Uh, how about uh, uh, New Monthuary? New Monthuary? Or New Month Ember. Mm-hmm. New Month Ember? Oh, Movember. How about of course, s- we've already got it. Well, how, got- how about Slack Ember? Because you don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, oh, do you guys I like Slackuary better? Though. Slackuary. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys ever take part in making New Year's resolutions? Uh, My New Year's resolution like- <laughs> is 300 DPI. Yes, that was several years ago, but yeah, it's you've remains, kept it. You've, it's you've kept. You, you've kept every it year. Up. Have the same resolution: <laughs> 300 DPI. <laughs> uh, you know. Nah, kind of, but not yeah. really. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't make a hard and fast rule. Like, I don't say, I'm going to go to the gym for 365 days this year, or I'm going to, like, uh, not eat McDonald's french fries, because right. I promise I cannot keep. I'm sure throughout my life on New Year's, I've said, man, this year I'm totally going to, and I don't think I've ever made positive change that way. I am resolute yeah. about making a resolution this year. Mm. Yeah. It's so damn arbitrary, really. A New Year's resolution is a tradition most common in Western Hemisphere, but also found in the Eastern Hemisphere, in which a person makes a promise to do an act of self-improvement yep. or something slightly nice, such as opening doors for people beginning from New Year's Day. Right. How did that start? Well, Babylonians- Everybody were assholes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Every, the world was full of assholes. And somebody said, listen, one day a year, we cannot be an asshole, right? Can't we? Can't we all agree on this? And we're like, Well, since the beginning, uh, New Year's have been about uh, moving on from the past and taking a new start. Uh, Babylonians would make promises to their gods at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. Uh, The Romans, as noted, began each year by making promises to the god Janus, for whom the month of January is named. Yep. Uh, in the medieval era, knights took the peacock vow at the end of the Christmas season each year. (laughs) No, the peacock vow is, you know, just... uh promising to not pee everywhere oh from your yeah, cock to actually like pee in a receptacle okay oh pee but, from your cock instead of <clears throat> peeing from your butt that's right mm-hmm. i see oh, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, resolve, I swear i resolve not to get uh one of those poop diseases urine will not come out of any other orifice yeah. except for my cock yeah so what does the peacock know uh it reaffirms their commitment to chivalry oh okay oh what do peacocks and chivalry have to, what, to do with I, I don't know. They're very proud, I guess, of uh, how chivalrous they are. Well, uh-huh. as we know, chivalry comes from chevalier, uh-huh. which has something to do with horses. Yes. And yeah. the knights rode peacocks. That were, Those were their horses. Oh, okay. All right. At the time. So they, those, those, the peacock lancers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just right. like uh, very similar to the Joust video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Because back then, peacocks were part of the megafauna. <laughs> and uh, call back to our megafaunas episode. That's right. And the, uh, and yeah, so the giant dire peacocks, peacock that 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 <laughs> chevaliers oh, rode just like in Joust. True story. Yeah, true just story is actually a documentary. It uh, it's not a video game. It's a uh, 
It's an interactive documentary. <laughs> interactive documentary. <laughs> they were one of the most beautiful marching armies in the world, mm-hmm. but they were trampled by actual mm-hmm. horse cavalry. And their eggs hatched in five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you do. Yeah. At watch night services, many Christians prepare for the year ahead by praying and making certain and making resolutions sure. themselves. Mm-hmm. A 2007 study from Richard Wiseman from the University of Bristol involving 3,000 people showed that 88% of those who set New Year's resolutions fail, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that 52% of the study's participants were confident of success at the Uh, beginning. We've learned that humans are delusional. Yeah. 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 Welcome to Costa. Unless, I mean, you will never fail if your resolution is, I will not keep my resolution. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yep. But Automatic win. But then then you will keep your resolution. you will keep it. Oh! It's like a Captain Kirk computer. Yeah, that's right. It's like antimatter meeting matter. It's like the universe implodes. Yeah. There you go. I've got some New Year's customs around the world, starting closer to home, the United mm-hmm. States, of course. Their iconic New Year's tradition is the dropping of a giant ball in New York City's Times Square at the stroke of midnight. Right. We call it the teabag ceremony. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Millions of people around the world watch the event, which has taken place almost every year since 1907. Wow. Man, Dick Clark lived for a long time. Yeah, Dick Clark hosted every single one of them. (laughs) He did not, but it seems like it. Over time, the ball itself is ballooned from a 700-pound iron and wood orb to a brightly patterned sphere 12 feet in diameter and weighing in at nearly 12,000 pounds. Do you think it started out because somebody was trying to crush somebody else on a 700-pound iron orb? Yeah, I... it, it was, it, that's how it started. It was like somebody was like, uh, Happy New Year. Oh, I see Stan. I hate that guy. Whoop. Right? <laughs> like, like crunch. People were like, Yeah. This would be a great tradition. Why did you do that? It was a tradition yeah, starting. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In Japan, bells are rung 108 times to welcome the new year and curb the 108 mortal desires. Oh, no. I've oh. Uh, more than 108. Let me be crystal clear on this. You have more than 108 desires. Yeah. Ding, 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 See, ding, 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 ding. I thought your mortal desires would be like four. Be like, what? Yeah. Like, I, I thought you would, uh, you're, you've kept it tight. Food. There's Oreo blizzards. Oh. There's oh. Reese's peanut butter blizzards. <laughs> okay. It just list just goes on and on. Oh, I see. I see. There's well, you mint get very, Oreo peanut butter. You get very specific yeah. in your mortal desires. It's a yeah, list yeah. I have uh-huh. in a book. <laughs> yeah, Torn's mortal desires coming out from Penguin Press. Yeah, the bell is rung 107 times on December 31st and once on January 1st. Okay. In Romania, oh, but sometimes you start late. So you're like, ding 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 ding. In Romania, and I tried to fact check this. A few of these, I couldn't get a lot of detail on. There was a right. there was a viral thing going around of here's all the weird traditions From around Buzzfeed the world, or right. and I was like, let me make sure that these are real. This one, <clears throat> I found a few places talking about it, but nothing with details. So take this one with a grain of salt. In Romania, farmers listen for animals talking on New Year's Day. Sure, it is considered good luck if no animals talk. That's, okay. that's backwards. That, I don't think so. I think of an animal starts talking about good luck. Because yeah. uh, I think what you might hear from a pig is, I'm going to make bacon from you. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think Precisely. you want to hear that. You get that singing frog, though. Hello, my darling. Hello, Hello my honey. honey. Hello, my yeah, ragtime girl. won't sing for anybody else. Bad oh, luck. Yeah. Well, you want the animals singing. You don't want them talking. Okay. Now, uh, my parents, oh, uh, one of our close-by neighbors that were very good friends with my parents. They were animals and they talked. Yeah, precisely. They were Norwegian, so it's <laughs> almost animals. Thank you, our Norwegian listeners out there. But uh, we would go over to their house as children on New Year's Eve, and uh, they would heat up like little tiny carafes of, uh, of lead. Ooh. On the stove. And of course, uh-huh. you drink it. On the oven, on the wood oven. Yep. 
and then they would uh, then you would like dump it really quickly into a bucket of water. Yes. Okay. Harden instantly into sure. a shape. Right. And you would pull it out and you would look at and it. And you'd lick it. You'd lick it all over. <laughs> what is uh, you were because it's so delicious. One of Torrance. No, we first we'd paint it with lead paint. <laughs> this is one of my mortal right. desires. This is one of Torrance's mortal desires. <laughs> no, it, it, you would look at it and you would you would talk about what you think it looked like. Yep. Oh. And that was supposed to predict your future. Yes. You would see what would happen to you in your next year in your little pile right. of of uh, of melted pewter. Do Looks you like know a what many, that's many headed penis. Do you know what that tradition is called? Uh, in Germany, or actually, it's uh, it's not just German. It's it goes back to Greece. Pharaoh well, Gloppo celebration. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, you know the um, the lead divination. It's actually in. German. Oh no no mm. the lead zeppelin. Yes, in uh, German it's called Bligesen. Bligesen. Uh, but it's also known as, and I love this, Malibdomancy. Oh yeah, Malibdomancy. We need to make sense. we need to make a the Malibdomancer. That's Malib- I think the Malibdomancer is going to be the magic version of Magneto, right? Uh-huh. He doesn't use mutant powers; he's using magic to control metal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it uses molten metal like tea leaves. Uh, a small amount of lead or tin is melted into a tablespoon mm. uh, and poured into water. The resulting pattern is interpreted to predict the coming year. For instance, mm-hmm. if the lead forms a ball, der ball, that means luck will roll your way. <laughs> uh-huh. The shape of an anchor, der anchor, means help uh-huh. in need, but a cross, das cruz, signifies death. Yeah, I never got anything like a cross or a ball. It always looked like a cat that had been run over by a car. Sure. Oh. Right? There was like always like some like little weirdo limb this kind year, of things. Your cat will be run over by a car. I don't have a cat. Ha ha. Got ran over by a car. Uh, oh, before I could adopt you. it. It was on right. its, I was about to find a cat. Fate. Uh-huh. No, maybe I have maybe I drive I drive a car. Oh, mm. yep. Mm-hmm. You killed someone else's car. That's yep. in your future. You killed someone else's cat. Yeah. The town of Stonehaven, Scotland, uh-huh. celebrates Hogmanay. It's whenever you want to hide a stone from the authorities, you yeah. take it there. Take it to right? the haven. You know, your favorite yeah. stone, <laughs> right? <laughs> My stone is being persecuted. I need a stone haven. That's right. Oh, Precisely. Yeah. Uh, Hogmanay is the last day of the year. Oh, hog many. Oh, that sounds like a place I want to be. I want I want it anywhere there's many hogs that I can eat. M- more hogs, more bacon. More hogs, more bacon. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, that's a rap song, that's right? That's sl- the yeah. town slogan. Yeah. Hogmany, more hogs, more bacon. Yeah. Uh, they celebrate uh, Hogmany the, with the Stonehaven Fireball Ceremony. The Stonehaven Fireball Ceremony. Sounds like ceremony. Kevin's ceremonies, but uh, it's a little yeah. different in actual practice. What? Stone- okay. Yeah. It consists fireball of, ceremony? It yes. consists of many local people of all ages- uh, does Even it the include, wee baby bairns. Does it include fireballs? Swinging flaming wire cages around their heads. Okay. Each cage is filled with combustible materials. Each swinger has their own recipe. Oh, okay. my special family recipe handed down right. from generations. <laughs> right, right. And has a wire handle two or three feet long. Okay. This keeps the flames well away from the swinger, but spectators can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take that, spectators. Yeah. <laughs> it takes your chances. Yep. The event starts at midnight, lasts 25 minutes, and it's minutes. And is watched by thousands. I am not surprised that spectators get who burned is at going a to get hurt. Ceremony. I come. I'm come to spectate the spectators who are getting hurt. Yeah. The idea behind the ceremony is to burn off the bad spirits left from the old year, so that the spirits of the new year can come in clean, and fresh. Oh yeah. All right. Cleaned by cleansed by fire. Yeah. That's how I like to clean yeah. things. That's yeah. one of my mortal mortal um mortal wishes. That's what why. I, that's why I mortal desires. Mortal desires. That's why I don't own a Swiffer. I own a flamethrower. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
It's unknown how long the tradition has existed, though evidence shows more than 150 years. In the past, it could last longer than the modern 25-minute march. Then some of the swingers would swing their fireball for a few yards and then stop outside a house that was occupied by someone that they knew. Okay, and then they'd burn it down. And then they would burn it down. They would drop their fireball at the curbside and pop in for their new year. After a while, they would come out, pick up their ball, and swing on down to the next house, oh, and so on. So they get drunker yeah. as the night goes on. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure that's what that means. When that says pop in for their new year, I think it means pop in for a drink yeah, or two. Yeah, of course it does. It's Scotland. Yeah, my my mom's from Newfoundland, and they would do a similar thing, just they didn't bother with the fire. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I mean, because uh, Newfoundlanders obviously have more sense than the inhabitants of Stonehaven. <laughs> What's, well, yeah. Because uh, nothing I like more than getting drunk on New Year's, but getting drunk on New Year's and playing with fire. Yep. Literally playing with fire. Yeah. I mean, there's a saying about that guy's playing with fire, (laughs) meaning disaster is about to happen, Mm -hmm. and yet they don't seem to have heard it in Stonehaven, Scotland. He's going to get burned. The balls had to be made of material that would smolder and stay alive whilst Mm -hmm. left unattended. While people are drinking. In all fishing communities, there was always plenty of old rope, nets, broken cork, and leather floats, etc., which would have been tarred at some time to make them waterproof and which would have been ideal to use in the construction of the balls. I think I would have gone with napalm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, napalm doesn't have a chance. It doesn't really burn out. And, you know. I'm, I'm sure if Dow Chemicals had their own kind of uh, ceremony, they, yeah. they would have lots of napalm lying around yeah. they could do that with. Precisely. Old and broken material like that could have been seen by some as unlucky, and as all fishing communities were very superstitious, mm-hmm. burning it would have been a good way of getting rid of it and destroying the bad luck. Right. These days, Stonehaven uses clean material, which burns without smoking or dripping burning tar or oil. Right. Right. Basically, this has become part of their modern parade through town, and you can see people uh, just wandering the streets oh. carrying these... Oh, they giant oh, okay. flaming balls. Well, hold okay. So they aren't actually swinging these over their heads. They, they they're do. kind of dragging them. This is them preparing. Them. Hold they're on. like they're walking their fireballs like a bunch of dogs. They're walking. Yes. They're, walking <laughs> they're walking their fireballs like Shih Tzus. So this is leading up to the actual new like actual New Year because they don't swing them until midnight. Right. And I think I've, there's some later on of them. Actually, you'll see some people. There we go. There's That's some terribly swinging. dangerous. Yep, it's pretty cool though. <laughs> Cool, but dangerous. Like there we go. a million some comics going, going around and around and circling the solar system. Yeah, and people just packed within five feet of this stuff swinging around. Uh, I couldn't find any uh, news about people actually being injured by it, so I'm guessing they're keeping it fairly safe these days. Fairly. Okay, they are, yeah, they do go from walking it to swinging it. Yeah, not, so they, they walk it until midnight, and yeah. then they swing it for the 25-minute 25 25 walk. 25 minutes swinging yeah. a big... Bernie, oh my arms! Oh, you're already. Oh my arms! Yeah, well, <laughs> my shoulders. Yeah, for 25 minutes of swinging a fireball, I mean, it'd be pretty easy for it to go flying off into the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, is kind of like the uh, the fireball version of stock car racing. You never know when it's gonna like fly into the audience and, yep. and maim and kill. Yep, and that's part of the excitement of watching it. I think so. Yeah, but it, it's not gonna fly in and maim and kill. It's gonna fly in and burn and scar. Yeah, light people on fire, and then you'll be okay. And yeah, barn. except for your scar. Mm-hmm. In the small town of Talca, Chile, mm. locals celebrate the dawning of the new year by sleeping in a graveyard oh, nice. surrounded by their deceased loved ones. Sure. Oh, okay. He's like, he's in like, oh, hugging the gravestone. Oh, good, uh, good on you, past relatives. Now, here's the I'm thing. I'm still alive. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's no, right. It's yeah. taunting. It's the taunting ceremony. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. 
Uh, now, considering how morbid this tradition seemingly is, it's surprisingly it started surprisingly recently. Mm-hmm. In 1995, it was reported that a family jumped over the cemetery gates in order to celebrate New Year's Eve with their dead father. Uh-huh. Since then, locals have flocked to the graveyard in the town. Weird. It's now estimated that 5,000 people take part in the tradition every year in Talca. So huh. this is how traditions start. Just right. one family was like, we miss our father. It's New Year's. We're going to go say hi to him. It hits the news. Yeah. And everybody goes, that's a good idea. Let's go do but that But this and party. is where the problem arises, because what the town should have said is those people are weirdos. <laughs> right? Instead, they went, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. I love camping. Yep. I love graveyards. Yeah. I love, and I love New Year's Eve. I love my old family members who are now buried there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, see, this is the problem, is that this tradition never should have started. I, right? Who's being hurt? Uh, you're, at least you're getting everybody drunk in the graveyard, so if there any problems, you just bury them right there. The people who, uh, you know who started it was- These the, people the, obviously didn't take the peacock oath. The very first people who started it were the uh, sellers of the uh, air mattress. Ah, I see, the local air mattress oh. dealers. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, because sleeping on a slab is actually quite uncomfortable. Yeah. So you need uh, camping gear, the appropriate camping gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they rename them, you know, your New Year's Eve... Uh, the Necrobeds. <laughs> Necromattress. Yeah. Yeah. In Panama, I only have a small mention Panama. of this. Panama. Yeah. Dum, 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 dum. Panamanians celebrate New Year's by creating effigies of well-known people, both loved and hated, sure. which they burn at midnight for luck. You know, I love I loved that animated series, Panamaniacs. Panamaniacs. Mm-hmm. I loved it. They kept going back and forth from the uh, Pacific to the... Uh, Atlantic Ocean, mm-hmm. back and forth, yeah, back right. and forth, back. Mm-hmm. Here's one that's listed as a Siberian tradition on a bunch of those things, and uh-huh. I, I went looking for the actual data behind it. I don't know if, uh, if we call this a tradition, but it's interesting anyway. Mm-hmm. Unlike in the West, the arrival of the New Year across Siberia and the rest of Russia is the cue for Grandfather Frost, their yeah. Santa, to bring presents to children. Okay, uh, It's the night families gather around a tree to exchange gifts at the same time as marking the New Year. So oh, they kind oh, of so roll they, Christmas and New, New Year's, Year's in together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, you know, I don't... I'm not entirely against that concept. No, I'm, right? I'm good yeah. with that. In Siberia's coldest region, the Republic of Saka, celebrations got underway with hardy divers bra- braving an icy north wind and an air temperature of minus 45 Celsius mm. to place a decorated Christmas tree ty- type thing, I guess their New Year's tree, right. on the floor of the 4,472-kilometer-long Lena River. That's weird. It is weird. Beneath the ice cover, the water temperature is a bracing two Celsius. They planted the tree at a depth of three and a half meters. And it grew and Mm -hmm. grew and grew. Uh, The diving squad rescue service claim a world record for the dive in such a cold air temperature. The hazard involves special precautions to avoid cold shock, drops of water freezing in the respiratory system and stopping the flow of air. Right. The head of the diving service said that the seasonal exercise shows that the Yakut rescuer divers are ready to perform their professional duties in all weather conditions. Oh, okay. So this is kind of this diving group's New Year's tradition Mm. is to dive into this river and put a tree in the bottom of it. Because throughout the following year... All the little children. Oh, there's toys at the bottom of the river underneath oh, yeah, the tree. The, underneath the tree, yeah. So like, well, we go to practice for rescuing the children that we <laughs> <laughs> that we've lured there. Lured the, 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 of the river. Trees. Oh, 
it's terrible. Oh, there are photos of this that we can put on the website, yep. causticsodapodcast.com. So go and check out these nut bars. And just, yeah, the, it looks cold. It's, I don't, uh, why is this person's face out in the minus yeah. 45 C? Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks cold. Russians, man. It looks cold. Now, we all know that drinking and driving is a problem around New Year's, where, uh-huh. where it's beaten into our heads. It's actually doing a pretty good job because uh, New Year's is no longer the most dangerous day uh, for drunk drivers. Oh, what is? Uh, it's actually Thanksgiving in the United States. Oh! Hooray! Huh. <clears throat> is it Canadian Thanksgiving, too? I don't have that data. Right, I don't okay. know. Also, another one is the 4th of July weekend is also much more dangerous okay. uh, for drunk drivers. Yeah, and for drunk uh, you know, jet skiing. That, that as yeah. well, yeah. However, New Year's Day is the deadliest day to walk home. Oh. Oh, getting wiped out by drunk driving. That's right. Uh-huh. Well, drunk walking. Uh-huh. This is according to oh, a 2000... Oh, like you walk into a snowbank and then you just like pass out and then you wake up like a popsicle? Well, wake up dead. according to a 2005 study by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety that looked at every pedestrian death from traffic collisions between 1986 and 2002, right. they found that nearly half of the fatal accidents that occurred on January 1st took place between midnight and 6 a.m. And an even more sobering note. Oh, sober. oh sobering. You 50, said sobering. Yeah. 58% of pedestrians who died that day were legally drunk. Okay. So they couldn't get out of the way of a, of a careening or car. Or they stumbled into the way of mm-hmm. a careening car. Oh, right? yeah. Or they so are, couldn't stay on the sidewalk. It's, it's New Year's, so they're walking down the middle of the street. That's right. right? Bobbing and weaving. Yeah. Uh-huh. This trend hasn't changed much in recent years. Uh, they looked again between 2008 and 2012. Uh-huh. More pedestrians died in traffic crashes on New Year's Day and Halloween, it notes, than on other days of the year. They uh-huh. also found that 59% of pedestrians killed on New Year's Day were drunk, compared to 34% of pedestrians in fatal crashes every other day of the year. So what that means is that at any given point in time, 34% of Americans are drunk. 34% of Americans killed in uh, in car accidents. Because yeah. because 34% of Americans at any given point in time are drunk. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. If, if we go by the, the mm-hmm. Kevin Leeson observations. Well, yeah. no, it's, I mean, it's a correlation, right? People get killed on every other day of the year when it's not necessarily a drinking day or whatever. It's not Thanksgiving and New Year's. Mm. And 34% of those people are drunk. So at any given point in time. It's like that stat, you know, at any given point in time, like 98% of the people are surfing porn on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Sober walkers still have drunk drivers to contend with. In nearly half of the traffic crashes that killed pedestrians in 2012, the driver or the walker or both had consumed alcohol. Uh-huh. But get this. Pedestrians in those crashes were more than twice as likely as drivers to have had a blood alcohol level greater than or equal to the 0.08 grams per deciliter or yep. above the legal driving limit. Right. Thirty-four percent of walkers versus fourteen percent of the drivers. Ooh, okay. More walkers were drunk than what the drivers. What that means is it's more dangerous to yourself to be a drunk walker than it is to be a drunk driver to somebody else. Well, yeah, because uh, you're not inside a car. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. You don't. Yeah. There's no. There's no uh, seatbelt holding you in place when yeah. you get hit. Exactly. Uh-huh. For sure. If you're lucky enough to survive the impact, healing from wounds becomes trickier when you have booze in your system. Alcohol impairs white blood cells responsible for fighting infection. Right. Right. And a little note at the end of this, the safest day of the year to walk down the street, 420. January, February, March, April 20th. April 20th. That's the safest single day out of the 365 days of the year. Uh, Well, probably because everybody's getting stoned and not driving. All right. Okay. I'll take it a face. Less people are getting drunk. This sounds like something that was put on a marijuana website. Yeah, conspiracy. Conspiracy. This is actually from MotherJones.com. Uh, Mother Marijuana Jones. So this is the future. 
tomorrow is today. We have airplanes, we have spaceships, we have iPads taped to segways. And I don't miss the jetpacks, I'm not waiting for my hoverboard. I don't need these stupid gadgets, cause there's something I want more. The ability to make sexist assholes disappear is all I want for Christmas. It's all I want this year. I'm done with catcalls and with shaming. They've had their chance to learn. But the patriarchy's bullshit and I want to watch it burn and we'll sing ding ding dong ring the bells and sing the song as the dudes who called us sluts are all long gone all long gone and we'll sing ding dong ding call the children let them sing sexist bullshit ends with us this Christmas they don't have to die and this doesn't have to hurt But by eight on Christmas morning I want these fuckers off my earth There's time for reasoned argument In fact, it might be wiser But it's Christmas and I'm right And I want a sexist pulverizer Santa may not have one But I'm still gonna try Oh, do I seem too mad to you? Gee, I wonder why. I like Christmas, I like presents, baby Jesus seems okay. But throw him in the garbage and I'd be just fine today. Just give me a magic weapon that puts sexists in their place. That's what I'll be wishing for when I am saying grace and will sing ding ding dong ring the bells and sing the song as the blood of our oppressors floods the streets floods the streets and we'll sing ding dong ding call the children let them sing sexist bullshit ends with us this christmas sexist bullshit ends with us this christmas In the history. I want to thank uh, longtime soda jerk Holly for this one. The- oh, like uh, there's an uh, Holly that you see on New Year's and you kiss under it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you kiss under on New Year's Eve, right? Yeah. Holly toe. Uh-huh. The Holly toe. The 1888 New Year's Night Massacre. Oh, this okay. is actually related to the Hatfield-McCoy feud. <laughs> oh, I did like that miniseries that the, a couple years back that the, uh, the History Channel came up with. Oh, it probably mentioned this. Yep. Uh, the Hatfield-McCoy feud reached its peak during the 1888 New Year's Night Massacre. Mm-hmm. Several members of the Hatfield clan surrounded the McCoy cabin and opened fire on the sleeping family. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yes, this was in the miniseries, for yeah. sure. The cabin was set on fire in an effort to drive Randolph McCoy into the open. Mm-hmm. He escaped by making a break for but two of his children were shot and his wife was beaten and left for dead. Mm-hmm. 
The remaining McCoys move to Pikeville to escape the West Virginia raiding parties. Why did the Hatfields and the McCoys have that feud? Well, so I, yeah, I, we might have a feud episode where we'll yeah. go into Ooh. in more details, I think. But it started Ooh. over, basically, they're just a bunch of powerful families who their young men hate, kind of hated each other and took every excuse to, hey, that that's my pig. No, it's my pig. And then they would Well, and there it. was some kind of uh, under, uh, uh, yeah, under the surface resentment because they were in the same, but the, the patriarch were in the same unit in the Civil War and one of them was taken as a POW and the other one on the field of battle uh, was not, right? And so there was some like underlying resentment about cowardice and some accusations. Well, and of course, everyone's very prideful. Over who, yeah, over who served which side in the war, I think, because yeah. what it was. I, I saw that in the research that I saw, but they claim that that didn't lead to a lot of the others. That was kind of the first yeah. violence, but that didn't, cause the rest of it the no, it first but it was a it was it, it was there it was there it was for simmering. sure it was yeah they obviously didn't like each other yeah. yes uh the very first bit of violence that led to the feud was probably uh contested over the ownership of a pig yeah that somebody said that's my pig it's got my my marks on it they would like carve a mark into the pig's ears mm-hmm. uh it went to uh, a judge and the judge ruled for i can't remember one of them and the other one got so mad about that he just went and killed the other guy right and that's when that all started and they just started going you know we hate those mccoys we hate those hatfields they would mm-hmm. fight each other. Uh, in 1888, Wall Hatfield and eight others were arrested and brought to Kentucky to stand trial for the murder of Alifair McCoy, killed during the New Year's massacre. Mm-hmm. She had been shot after exiting the burning house. The men were tried in Kentucky, and all were found guilty. Seven received life imprisonment, while the eighth, Ellison Cottontop Mounts, was exe- <laughs> executed by hanging. Mm-hmm. Thousands attended the hanging in Pikeville. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Oh, yeah. Well, instead of popping uh, the top off a champagne bottle, he popped the head off a good old Ellison. Cotton top mounts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, although trials on the various Hatfield-McCoy charges continued into the 20th century, the bloody murder spree stopped after that hanging. Uh, Almost 100 years passed before the Hatfields and McCoys shook hands in 1976. Mm -hmm. That laid the groundwork for a three-parter of family feud in 1979. Perfect. Family Feud, the video, the the game show, the game show, yes, with the Hatfields versus the McCoys, and by two thousand, <laughs> the Hatfield and McCoy descendants were having joint family reunions. They officially signed a truce document in two thousand and three, inspired to come together permanently by the events of September eleventh, two thousand one. Okay, so then why didn't they sign a truce in two thousand one? It took uh, they had two to, years of paperwork. Oh, the lawyers, you had the lawyers involved. Yeah. Now, does everybody remember the panic over the year, the Y2K problem? Oh, I do, the I do. The Y2K bug. Oh, yeah. I, I have a... Y2K? Why? Why? Why would you do such a thing? You know, I remember I worked in an office environment during mm-hmm. the whole uh, Y2K thing, and uh, I was, um, you know, I mean, I understood what it meant, and so yeah. maybe a bunch of software might fail, but I never bought into this hysteria element of it because I'm like... Software failing isn't going to bring you around the end of the world. Oh, you lose all your bank. Yep. Well, Banking funds. Yeah, I didn't believe that was going to happen either because there's backups upon backups upon backups. But um, the receptionist- So much faith in people. The the receptionist at the office where I worked was asking me what I, was, I had planned for New Year's Eve. And I mm-hmm. I was um, I'd, I'd planned a trip to, uh, um, to Mexico with a bunch mm-hmm. of friends of mine. And I was like, well, I'm going to Mexico on like, you know, December 28th and I'm come back on January 3rd or whatever it was. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, what about Y2K? And I said, well, say all the software fails, mm-hmm. right? And then 
I get stuck in Mexico for a couple extra weeks. Yeah. Boo-hoo. Right. right. You yeah. know, yeah. that's not so bad. And she goes, software, what are you talking about? I said, well, that's what Y2K is. It's this whole thing about the numbers and blah, blah, blah. She's like, what? No. <laughs> I, what? And I said, well, what do you think it is? She goes, well, it's when people go crazy. Oh, I, I said, but, but, why, but why, why would people go crazy on December 31st, 1999? And she said, well, Y2K. <laughs> I went, well, that's not... That's very circular logic. <laughs> but what is it that would cause people to go crazy then like normal people would become crazy in your in your estimation, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, what would be the root cause of that? Y2K. Right. But what is Y2K that is the what is it that is causing people to go crazy? Well, it's people going crazy. I'm like, it's just going to happen, Kevin. It's just going to happen. And so I said, well, what do you got planned for New Year's Eve? My boyfriend and I rented a cabin. We haven't told anybody where it is. And we've stocked it. We've been stocking it for the last couple of months <laughs> nice. with like supplies. I'm like, you're literally going survivalist? And she's like, yeah, well, you know, why'd you came? And I went, all right, have fun with that. Yeah. At least a week in account would might be fun in the new year. But yeah, yeah that's so what Y2K is very well, simple. There was a widespread misunderstanding of what right. it even was. Yeah. What Y2K was, uh, in the 20th century, of course, the years starting with 19 is when computers started to be used. Mm -hmm. And early on, you had to be very efficient in your storage of data, mm -hmm. right? We didn't have multi-gigabyte or even megabyte storage systems at yeah. the time. Every single bit of memory was important. I had like so you, seven bits and three bytes. Yeah, something uh -huh. like That's that. That's all was, that I had. We, Ooh, I like that uh, snack food. Bits and bytes. Yeah, seven yeah. bits and three bytes. That's right. Oh, I wonder how many uh, megabytes, how many bags would it take to get a megabyte? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of bits and bytes. Well, no, yeah. that's just when you take the entire bag's worth of snack and just try and shove it into your mouth all Eat the same all time. Once, that's, that's a megabyte. megabyte. Well, a mega, mega's 1,000 or 1,024, right. depending on which uh -huh. numbering system you're using. Yep. So you just got to have 1,024 bytes. Mm -hmm. mm. What about the bits? Or sorry, that's a kilo. So a mega's a, mi a million or 10 to the 24th squared times. I'm going to work it out. I'm going to have to buy a bag of bits and bytes, count count, them. Count the bits right. and count the bytes, and then figure out how much for yeah. kilo and mega. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you're trying to store dates in your computer programming in the 20th century, you would just assume that the first two digits of the year are 19. Right. Because that lets you put just two digits in instead of the full four. That uses twice. You know, you're saving yeah. half your memory storage in that. It was... It was very important to do this. Now, the problem happens is that, of course, as soon as the date hits 2000. the year 2000, you're going to have stored as your date 00, which all the computers are going to think is 1900, and that's yep. going to throw everything into disarray. Out right. of whack. Well, that was the so, theory. Well, that was what would happen. It's just that now I heard about the Y2K problem in probably 1991 yeah. from a friend of mine saying, and he was saying what, what your friend was saying, though, but for, for reasons that were more rational, he's like, yeah, when 2000 comes around, all the computers are just going to crash, man. Go up and live in the cabin in the woods until everything gets fixed. Right. And I was like, why don't we just fix it? We got like years. Yeah. And that's actually what happened. So, Well, except for the fact that I had a computer that that was an old computer in mm -hmm. my office. Mm -hmm. And it was it was never made Y2K compliant and it did not crash. Hmm. So It might not have crashed, but it, was it might have miscalculated a, a few things. Well, did it get... All a bunch of bunk. Was it running Windows? Because yes. Windows got updates for Y2K. No, mine didn't. Okay. Mm -mm. Can't argue that. In 1997, the British Standards Institute developed a standard which defines year 2000 conformity requirements as four rules, mm. and then the entire world just hired tons and tons of programmers to go through all of their code and fixed it. It was hysteria created by programmers to create work for programmers. 
It, mm. Okay, so there are two theories about this, yeah. uh, and they're listed on the Wikipedia page for Y2K, and one is that, hooray, because of the hysteria, we got all the work done, so there were no major problems. Right. And the other one is yours, which is, meh, there never would have been any problems. Uh, Wikipedia notes there's no evidence for this claim. Yeah. Uh, and also... So here we go. The total work of the total cost of work done in preparation for Y2K is estimated at over three hundred billion dollars U.S. Yeah, exactly. It's good for the economy, is uh, it? Well, it is. It's right? good for you know the tech economy. Yeah, then programmers can spend their money on World Wildlife Federation of Justice art. That's exactly ah, I right. See. Perfect. That's right. Yeah, it's, comic books and nerdy stuff. When you when you pay non-rich people, they have to spend that to stimulate the economy. Yeah. It's not like they're rich and they put it in the bank and go, "Look how rich I am." Yeah. Uh, but there are, there were still were a few reported problems. Uh, the worst that I could find were these, or most interesting anyway. Mm-hmm. In Sheffield, United Kingdom, incorrect Down syndrome test results were sent to 154 pregnant women, and two abortions were carried out as a di- direct result of that Y2K oh, glitch. Oh, because it 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 uh, created a number system in which children were deemed Down. So the well, the math in the computer that was looking at the data. Uh-huh. To determine if they were, uh, if the kids were at high risk or low risk for Down yeah. syndrome, was messed up for they some said, reason they said because the of the Y two K. Baby was going to be born one hundred years ago. I <laughs> see. I see. It was going to travel the baby back in time from within the mm-hmm. womb. Mm-hmm. I see. And four yeah, babies. Th- so then it was like it's not Down syndrome. It's like down a wormhole syndrome, right? And that your baby is being sucked into a time vortex. Mm-hmm. Abort! 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 <laughs> God. Yeah. Also, four babies with Down syndrome were born to mothers who had been told they were in the low-risk group. Got it. So a bunch of it got mixed up and some problems happened. Yeah. Uh, In Onagawa, Japan, an alarm sounded at a nuclear power plant at two minutes after midnight. Two minutes after midnight. So you're in in a nuclear power plant in Onagawa, Japan, and you've heard all about Y2K. You're like, nah, we're probably good. And then two minutes after midnight, January 1st, Oh no! It's Y2K. No, it was just the nuclear power plant was just celebrating New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, it was it was uh, blowing off some steam. It was uh, a radioactive steam. That's right. So that's Y2K. That's it. That's all that happened. We spent a lot of money. That was the really the worst part Mm -hmm. about it. But I'm of the opinion because I I knew about that problem for like almost ten years before it happened. To Mm. me. I had all the worry for years and years and then started seeing everybody work on it and had friends who were working in the industry going through code and finding all the problems and fixing it. It's not a hard problem to fix, really. Mm-hmm. You just got to put the time in. Yeah. Scam. January 1st, 2009, mm-hmm. Bangkok, Thailand. All right. The Santika Club Fire. Oh. Happened at the Santika nightclub in Wathana, Bangkok, Thailand. Let me guess. It was started by people walking their fireballs on a (laughs) 25-minute march through the nightclub. Uh, I don't want to go down the street. Let's go in this nightclub and swing our fireballs around. They're not sure what caused it, but they're pretty sure that it was the fireworks on the rooftop. Oh. Uh, What's the point in firing off fireworks from the roof of your nightclub when nobody who's inside your club can see it? Well, they did call people out to watch because Ah, there were reports that people went outside to watch the fireworks and went in. This is a whole clusterfuck of a problem. Wait wait till we get through all the details. Uh, I'll just get right to the end, uh, uh, right to the the results, because I don't have a blow-by-blow of how it all Nor do we need to go through blow-by-blow. A total of 66 people were killed and another 220 two were injured when okay. fire swept through the nightclub during the New Year's celebration as uh-huh. a band coincidentally called Burn Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-m
The fire broke out at 12.35 a.m., and citizens of 13 countries were among the injured. No official... Oh, it's an international disaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, equal opportunity, uh, Bernie, Bernie. No official cause for the Santika fire has been announced by investigators. Suggested causes include outdoor fireworks that set the roof on fire, sparklers ignited inside the nightclub, or an electrical explosion. We do like fire on New Year's Eve. We sure do, yeah. You know, what's your favorite kind of New Year's Eve fire, Torn? Favorite kind of New Year's Eve fire? Yep. I like the when you have the channel that has the log fire on it. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a, a holiday tradition. What are yeah. we Very safe. What's your favorite type of New Year's fire? Uh, burning marshmallows around a campfire that keeps uh, me warm. Okay, all right. I'm going with the, that annual tradition, uh, lighting your farts on fire. Sure. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, everyone does that on New Year's Eve, right? I will expect that up on uh, the Caustic Soda page this New Year's from you. Done and done. Okay, cool. Video recordings of the indoor stage event, including the countdown to midnight, show that only ordinary holiday sparklers were used inside. Right. And moreover, the fire became visible indoors approximately 10 minutes after midnight. This strongly suggests that the fire originated inside the ceiling space or on the roof, allowing it to grow in intensity while going unnoticed for some time. Of course. So it was probably the fireworks set the roof on fire, which, because of lax enforcement of building regulations, used tar paper and plastic for waterproofing materials. Right. Right, and ironically, as it broke out, they were playing that song where the chorus goes, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. fire." Yeah. And nobody noticed. (laughs) No, you know, even better. Somebody came running in and we got, everybody, get out of the building. The roof is on fire. Everybody started chanting. The roof, the roof, the roof. roof. Around 1,000 guests and employees were in the club when it burned Mm -hmm. and deaths occurred from smoke inhalation burns and being crushed during a stampede for the exit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, stampede crushing. Doctors stated that fumes from burning plastic could have caused people to faint after a few minutes. Santika Mm. had only one main exit with Mm -hmm. an additional private staff exit. A third exit was locked Mm -hmm. to prevent robberies. As we know. Of course. Yep. This is pretty much the the urban fires episode. This is the story of pretty much every single urban fire disaster. Oh, it gets worse. Yeah. After a preliminary inspection of the club's safety system, it was declared substandard by police. Uh It was revealed in that it's good enough for a submarine, but not good enough for a nightclub. That's right. Yes. This passes the substandard, not the nightclub standard. If you were underwater, you would be safe from fire. Yeah, that's right. But that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was revealed that the club had only one fire extinguisher and that the nightclub was registered as a food vendor or restaurant, meaning it was required by law to be closed at midnight night uh, i see because uh, that when the food that's when the food turns into monsters that's right that's right the owner of the santika club was charged along with 12 other directors the the owner was also charged with allowing an underage customer into the club after a 17 year old student's body was recovered right. uh, uh, and faced a further charge of carelessness resulting in death the Ministry of Justice investigation discovered the nightclub was officially registered as a private residence and therefore had never received a fire safety inspection. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, well, that um, it makes sense. You know, if you don't want to have a fire safety inspection, just don't call yourself something that requires one. That's right. It was also located in a zone where nightclubs are prohibited, and the city's architect's signature approving the club's design had been forged. Oh, uh, uh, some illegal business is happening here. It gets better. It's like uh, <laughs> Bangkok, Thailand, where uh, I guess rules and regulations don't apply in Bangkok. Well, whoever but- knew? Who knew? Who knew that such a thing existed? Who knew there was a problem with perhaps like corruption and bribery and uh, you know not following the rules in Bangkok, Thailand? Between 2004 and 2006, police had filed 47 charges against the club's owner for illegal operation. Right. After that, however, no charges were filed. Mm. Suspicions of corruption were raised when one of the co-owners was identified as a senior police Mm. officer. Got it. Got it. 
You'd think it would take less than 47 citations to shut somebody down. Seven. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well. Seven citations? You think that's where the line should be drawn? Yep. One, one a day for a week? Boom. Shut down. <laughs> yeah. Right? That doesn't seem like, that doesn't seem crazy. 47 seems like an excessive number of citations. Unless your uh, co-owner is a senior police officer. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll handle that for you. Don't worry about it. What's the worst that could happen? Club right. could catch fire and a bunch of people could die. Psst. I think, well, we got to hire this band Burns that, uh, you know, it would never happen. Uh, the laws of irony. The you laws know, of pre- irony, yes. prevent our establishment from burning yes. down while- It's like knocking band, on wood. While the band Burn is on the stage. Yeah. Uh, in September of 2011, the uh, Southern Bangkok Criminal Court found Wisuk Setsuat, the pub owner, and Bunchu Lauranath, the light and sound company's owner, guilty of negligence. They were given three-year jail terms. Uh, Bunchu was ordered to pay 8.5 million Thai baht, that's about 230,000 U.S. dollars, in compensation to five plaintiffs, relatives of the victims. Wow. However, uh, a year later, Setsuat was, acqu- was a- acquitted on appeal of gross ne- negligence, but was later found guilty of of excise tax violations and sentenced to one year in prison. And he was found guilty of gross negligees. I see. Really low-budget competitor to Victoria's Secret. Yeah, those are gross negligees. Yeah. Public Public service announcement! How to keep from being injured by champagne corks. Okay. Uh, Stay out of the line of fire. I see one being pointed at you. Yeah, duck. Duck. Stay away from corks at all times. That's right. That's right. And by that, we mean people from uh, County of Cork in Ireland. Oh, Are they just called corks? Yeah. People from corks? That's they're right. Not, they're not Corkians or Corkites? No. Nope. Corklings. Nope. Corks. That's Cork- the Corkadiles. Yeah, that's why, uh, you know, you go to the beach there. It's just a bunch of bobbing corks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that party game. Uh, corks bobbing for apples. Very few deaths by drowning in cork. Mm-hmm. A cork can fly up to 50 miles per hour as it leaves the bottle. Oh, really? Said Tamara Fountain from the American Academy of Ophthalmology. But here's why it's so confusing to Irish people is they never want to leave the bottle. Hmm. That's right. That's why they don't get people from oh, the bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that cork. Yeah. Leaving the bottle behind like that. <laughs> Warm bottles of champagne and poor technique in removing the cork can result in serious blinding eye injuries. Of course. As opposed to being blind drunk. Anything that travels with such momentum can have a devastating effect if it strikes your eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one study, 26% of eyes injured by champagne cork accidents resulting in, resulted in lasting legal blindness. Wow. Like, injured your eye so much that it, you were legally blind pretty much forever, yeah. Got popped in the yeah, eye. Can you do a study of accidents? Is that something that happens in the lab? Oops, I accidentally <laughs> shot you in the eye with this cork. <laughs> yeah. No, you probably just pull up all the records of people who showed up yeah. in the emergency room with cork injuries oh. and then call them and say, hey, is that blindness still going on? Yep, still going Legally? on. Legally? Legally. <laughs> is that how, legal how, blindness? How yeah. blind. Or is, yeah. it, is that illegal blindness? <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. <laughs> The kind of blindness you smuggle in from your optical nerve. Yep. Uh, so, make sure sparkling wine is chilled to at least 45 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 7 Celsius, before opening. Okay. The cork that? of a warm bottle is more likely to pop unexpectedly. Oh, okay. Got it. Yep. Don't shake the bottle. Don't shake it. Shaking <laughs> increases your chance of eye injury. It certainly increases the uh, velocity by which it is yeah. comes flying yeah. out of the end of it. Please, all automotive uh, race car drivers. That's right. All take winners. Note. All winners of cups and trophies. Yeah. 
To open the bottle safely, hold down the cork with the palm of your hand while removing the wire hood. Oh, that, where's the fun in that? Point the bottle at a 45-degree angle away from yourself and from any bystanders. Yep. More than one-fourth of patients in a study were bystanders. <laughs> wow, okay. Place that, it. That, that means three-fourths of the person opening the bottle. Oh, I right? guess the, this has got to be the, like, if you're the one opening the bottle and three out of four of, of those people get hit in the eye with the cork, this is kind of like reloading the gun while you're looking down the barrel, well, no, isn't three, it? Three of the four people who get hit by the cork are, are, are the people opening the bottle. Not three of four people who open the bottle get hit by the cork. No, 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 that's not what I, I meant no. the first one, not right, the second right, one. Yeah. But, I mean, this is basically the uh, the champagne version of looking down the barrel of the gun while you're yeah. reloading it. Yeah, yeah, right? or, like, or what I remember from high school, a friend of mine looking in a Bunsen burner as he lit it. He's like, I want to see what it was. He burned his eyebrows off. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think he blinked fast enough. Dummy. <laughs> Place a towel over the entire top of the bottle and grasp the cork. They're taking all of the fun out of popping a champagne bottle. I, I think you're confusing fun and danger. No, no, there. It, it's fun because it's dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's not confusion. It's like they are integrally linked. Okay. It's like extreme hang gliding or whatever they call it. Oh, uh, the uh, the squirrel suit or whatever. Yeah, the squirrel suit. Yeah. I can't remember what that's called. Yeah. Keep the bottle at a forty-five degree angle as you slowly and firmly twist the bottle while holding the cork to break the seal. Continue to hold the cork while twisting the bottle. Continue until the cork is almost out of the neck. Counter the force of the cork using slight downward pressure just as the cork breaks free from the bottle. Never use a corkscrew to open a bottle of champagne or car- sparkling wine. No, that is a terrible idea. Because then the corkscrew go flying. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Can't we just get rid of all these rules and just agree that everyone at the cork opening wears safety goggles? That, that, is also, that could go. also work, yeah. You know, now you're not taking the fun out of it. In fact, you should be yeah. aiming at people's eyes. Exactly. Because so like, that would be extra funny. Yeah. The whole like, yeah. bunk right in the, uh, in the goggles. Or, I mean, Google's working on self-driving cars. Can't we get self-opening bottles of wine? No, mm-hmm. no. Here's what you do. You get Google goggles. Google oh, goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, the, the, old, the old discontinued Google glass. Two, two, bro, two bridge, one stone. The, the goggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, unfortunately, shards of glass will go into your eye, but whatever. In the news. February 1st, 2013, China. Mm-hmm. It's a big mm-hmm. place. A truck carrying fireworks in central China exploded on Friday morning, destroying an expressway bridge and killing at least six people, according to the state media reports. Woo. The explosion occurred amid heavy fog on the Yihang Bridge near the city of San Mexia, mm-hmm. San Mexia in central Henan province about 8.52 a.m., causing right. an 80-meter section of the bridge to collapse and sending six vehicles plummeting 30 meters to the ground. Right. The official death toll is six, though an earlier now-retracted uh, report put the death toll at 26. Right. Eleven injured people were rushed to two nearby hospitals, three of whom are now among the dead. Right. The force from the explosion threw six cars into a ravine beneath the bridge and shattered windows at nearby service stations. Right. The south side of the bridge collapsed completely and the north side was left unstable. Pictures posted online show a highway strewn with rubble, and I've got some of these. We'll put them up on CausticSodaPodcast.com. A red truck stopped dangerously close to the edge of the broken highway and a pile of wrecked vehicles from the ravine far below. I mean, how is this related to New Year's Eve? It's February. These were, were for Chinese New Year, these fireworks. Oh. Right. right. Now, it's almost like fireworks are somehow related to explosives, because yeah. this sounds like the kind of effect an explosive would have. Yes. I bet fireworks are just full of like light and uh, popping noises, and you know, you just like, when you open them, you release it. You're thinking of your screensaver. 
Oh, am I? Is yeah. that what I'm thinking of? Uh, according to Chinese news news source Xinhua, the previous year's uh, festivities, 5,945 fire accidents were reported during the first day of the Spring Festival. So this happens a lot, like not exploding trucks, but yep. fireworks causing problems in yeah, China. There's like there's like a billion and a half people. 5,945 fire accidents actually sounds very responsible. Dropping the bucket. Dropping the bucket. The Chinese government outlawed fireworks from 1993 to 2005, but ultimately they lifted were too much the ban. Yeah, yeah, they lifted the ban under intense public pressure. Yeah, because uh, they we want to hurt ourselves. Well, it's it's not that. It's like in a communist nation, you can't have people having too much fun. Otherwise, they'll start to question the entire philosophy. And uh, there's one of the photos. Kerbalui. Yeah. Happy New Year. 2014, Shanghai, China. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, more China. On December 31st, 2014, a deadly stampede. It's <laughs> not a fun one. Occurred in Shanghai near Chen Yi Square on the Bund, mm-hmm. where around 300,000 people had gathered for the New Year celebration. Stampede began at about 2335. Local time oh, on so New Year's you, Eve. Not, they, people couldn't even wait till the, the, the clock struck 12. Yep. Mm-hmm. The incident centered on a stairway leading up to a viewing platform overlooking the river. Some people were trying to climb to the platform while others were trying to go down. Yep. Causing panic and confusion. Right. Traffic jam. People standing on the steps to the viewing platform began to fall down the stairs, collapsing into each other. It was like dominoes. Yep. Wow. 36 people were killed, and there were 49 injured. 13, seriously. Wait, wait. wait, Did the stairs themselves collapse? No, people. People collapsed. People collapsed? Yeah. Wait. From what? Why? They're very steep stairs. Okay. I don't know. Steep stairs, and like if one person falls on you, that's bad. But if one person fell on you because a person fell on them, and a person fell on them, and a person fell on them downstairs, like there's just a huge pile of bodies on top of you, and you get crushed to death. How did the first one fall... Probably to the next one. They're all jostling and pushing, and one at the top falls into somebody, and okay. that makes the person below right. them fall, and all of a sudden, dominoes. The jostle and the pushel. Yeah. That's what I didn't get to take into account. There were early reports on social media that the crush had been caused by cash coupons being thrown from above. Ah, I see. Everyone's scrambling to get their hands on coupons. But footage showed while they were thrown, it was after the crush had happened. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about so, that. Here's some coupons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, there are, are 49 injured, 13 seriously, and 36 dead. How do you solve Have this problem? Coupons. Throw coupons at it. Ah, if we throw enough coupons, it'll cover up the dead, and people will just think it's a giant pile of coupons instead of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Media reports indicated that the cancellation of a planned light show led to a reduction in the amount of police assigned to the event. Right resulting in only 700 police officers as compared to 6,000 in 2013 at the scene. However, the crowd was no smaller than in previous years, possibly because a scaled-down version of the light show was being held at different venue with a similar name, though another report claims information about the cancellation wasn't properly distributed. Got it. And the youngest victim was 12 years old. Here's one from Japan. This mm-hmm. year of Japan, sticky rice cakes or mochi. Oh, yum, 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 love yum, those. Yum, 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 yum. Are an essential part of the Japanese New Year's holiday menu. Got it. But the glutinous mochi, grilled or cooked in broth or with sweet beans, can get stuck in people's throats, blocking breathing. Well, that's what? why we chew them. 
Yes, yeah. that's my strategy. That <laughs> actually is the what they're telling. Well, I think they have they banned teeth in Japan or something. Is there <laughs> what is wrong with people's mandibles? Like, uh, what's happening with this? Well, several deaths are reported most years because people are dumb. But this year's fatalities appear to have been higher than usual. Oh, at least nine people have reportedly choked to death on New Year's rice cakes in Japan, and officials are urging people to chew slowly on the treats. Yep, got it. Squish. The Yomi- Quit scarfing them down. <laughs> the Yomimura newspaper reported that at least 128 people were rushed to hospitals after choking on mochi with nine dying. Yomimuri. Yomimuri. And the Tokyo Fire Department said that 18 people were taken to city hospitals during the first three days of the year and that three males died. Sure. Yep. The department advised people to cut mochi in small pieces, <laughs> chew slowly, and learn first aid. That's a lot, right. of, that's a lot of work. Cutting into small pieces and chewing slowly. Oh, God. Again, this is the whole, like, I was taught this when I was four, right? How is it possible that grown human beings didn't retain this information? They are very chewy. Uh-huh. I, I I enjoy the, the frozen kind, the, mm-hmm. you, the frozen dessert kind that you can get at um, that place that I can't remember the name of. Right, right at that place. TNT Just, probably. Well, TNT is not the place I'm thinking of, but, but probably you can get them there. At that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. January 2015, Plymouth, United Kingdom. Plymouth. All right. Oh, you ply somebody's mouth open. Are you to get the mochi out? On New Year's Eve, Donald Pemberton and Ryan Williams had attended a party hosted by the former's brother Damien that evening. Pemberton and Williams sounds like a, like a like a country and western band. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Pemberton and Williams. Mm-hmm. They were tipsy and high spirited. Sure. Uh-huh. And while there, they asked if they could see his collection of knives. Okay. Oh, good idea. Okay. Oh, is is it strange? No, it's the opposite of strange. It is the opposite of strange that a person named Damien has a knife collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of a problem. You name your child Damien, you're pretty much guaranteeing they're going to grow up wanting a knife collection. They posed with the knives and with other weapons and took photographs of themselves posing. Oh, mm-hmm. we, which and they we have then, these photographs. Yeah, they then posted them to Donald Pemberton's Facebook program. Sure, got it. So here it is here. Here he is looking tough. Yeah. It's got some tattoos and this big machete-looking thing. Are those tattoos or are they just is I, stuff written on in magic marker? I don't know. I can't. Because it could be just magic marker. That's true. It looks yeah. like a tattoo. Yeah. Uh, it the, looks like magic marker to me. But the, what do I know? The pair armed themselves with weapons, an axe and a knife, which were not in the post photos, before leaving the party at around 1.15 a.m. Their first encounter after this was near a bus stop where they asked a young woman and her boyfriend for a cigarette, shoulder barging the young man. Uh Uh-huh. At a roundabout, one of them jumped in front of a car, which frightened the female driver. Sure. Okay. Another driver saw Williams in the middle of the road in a stance, quote, a bit like a boxer, while the other man, Pemberton, sprinted at the car, angry and aggressive. Some okay. of this was captured on CCTV. Got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, so the they're going out, they're, they're making nuisances of themselves. They, they have an axe and a knife, and they're drunk they, on they are, ears. They're and... thinking to themselves, uh, trick or treat, and because they got the holiday yeah. wrong. Give me a smoke. Yeah, give me a smoke. Trick or treat. Rah! Yeah. The next incident involved a group of four revelers. Uh, uh, one of the pair called out, what are you looking at? Oh, the classic. Yeah. The classic greeting on uh, yep. late after the strike of midnight yeah. on New Year's Day. What are you looking at? Yeah, classic, that's right. Classic yeah. drunk guy thinks he's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's it, it, I, I say it all the time. Uh, what are you looking at? And then I wait for the compliment to come back. A very handsome man yeah. or someone very charming yeah. or, and I say, thank you very much. Y- you too. Right? You know, that's how these conversations start and end, with (laughs) compliments all around. One of the pair approached one of the group, William Hickey, who said the man pulled out a kitchen or fishing knife six inches long, which was held to his face for 10 or 20 seconds. Uh Uh, William Hickey, he's got this strange birthmark on his neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Know that guy. Bill Hickey. The mm-hmm. man later identified as Pemberton said, Oi, my mate was fucking talking to you. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So right. can't right. be in tough with their knife. Yeah. And again, it was like, well, I'm talking back to you and I'm going to let you know how much I appreciate you putting that knife to my face yeah. to show me how I could be more clean shaven. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then they went their separate ways, right? This is how the story ends. The group managed to move away and yep. they called police at 1.36 a.m. All right. By the time they called, they could hear screams coming from the direction of the King's Arm pub. Mm-kay. Oh, right. Because uh, they walked in and said, Oi, where's the king's arm? Oh, there it is. It's attached to that bloke. And then they chopped it off. <laughs> the king's arms was full of locals. Everyone present speaks of an evening that was enjoyable and free from trouble of any kind. <laughs> the pub was closing at the time, and the defendants were heading towards it. Right. One group from the pub, including uh, builder Tanis Bandari, wanted to carry on the evening in the home of a friend. Right, yeah. Which is, you know, de rigueur. Yeah, it's the after party at yeah. so house. Mm-hmm. Williams and Pemberton approached them asking for a cigarette. When they refused, Pemberton took his axe out and Williams drew his knife. Uh-huh. The group at the Green did what comes instinctively. They did, either did their best to get out of harm's way or whatever they could do to contain the attackers. Right. Witnesses said they saw Tanis Bandari on the floor fighting with Pemberton, who had lunged at them with the axe. Uh-huh. He was then stabbed twice by Williams, once in his right shoulder blade, and another that cut through the bone of his ribs into oh. his lungs. Oh, <laughs> that's two stabs. You know, because I... I I mean, I'm no swordsman. No. Right? Or axeman. I am no axeman. But lunging with an axe sounds like, you know, an improper use of an axe. You need to chop with yeah. an axe. He, he should be way less drunk when he's deciding to jump people yeah. with his weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. But the other guy kind of had the grasp on the stabbing part. Yeah, like. he, he, well, he sure did. Yeah. The group responded by jumping on Pemberton and pinning him to the ground in order to defend them uh, themselves. The axe fell to the ground. In the confusion that followed, Williams was stabbing people. A witness described it as a massacre. Witness George Walker ran over and got between the two women and the man with the knife. He said he raised his hands to protect his head, and the man lunged at him with a knife. He said he thought the attacker was trying to kill him. Yep, right. He sustained injuries. Yeah, well, when you start stabbing people, you know, that's a, I think that is a logical conclusion to come yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless he says, hey, you know, I think you could be more clean shaven. I'm sorry I'm so drunk. Yeah. Right? I'm really bad at shaving. I'm really bad at helping uh, strangers shave on the street. He sustained injuries to his neck and chest as the attackers kept coming at him. Yep. The attackers then fled the scene and neighbors heard them shouting, I'm going to come back down there and stab you up and come up this lane, you pussies, and I will stab the lot of you. Oh, that's stabbing. Tough guys, yeah. Yeah. When his friend helped him up, Tannis was saying he had hurt his back and she could see that he was not right. The defendants were arrested about 2.05 a.m. with Pemberton still carrying an axe that was concealed in his tracksuit bottoms. Mm. Wow. After being arrested, is that an axe in your pants? Or yeah. Are you just happy to chop me? After being arrested initially for attempted murder, Pemberton then told police he can dial he likes. I don't fucking care. Sure, that These are charming people. Uh, Williams also started kicking out and threatened to, to kill the police in the van. Right. Tannis was pronounced dead Ooh. just after two thirty a.m. Right. Jamie Healy lost his spleen and kidney and was lucky to survive, while Sean Corden was stabbed in the back and was also lucky and fortunate to have not been more badly Ooh, injured. Lucky right. and fortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> lucky and fortunate. A knife was recovered during searches the following day, which had been taken from the Cunningham Road uh, place where the defendants were at the party. Yeah. A smaller knife was also recovered a while later. The axe was found with traces of blood from George Walker, who was one of those attacked on the green. 
The large knife had DNA from Ryan Williams on it, and his jacket containing mm-hmm. Tannis's mm-hmm. blood was also recovered close by. Right. And further DNA uh, from Tannis was found on the right knee of Williams' tracksuit bottoms, and a mobile phone belonging to Ryan Williams was later recovered from the green. Sure. The reason I'm saying all of this is yeah. because when questioned by police, Williams declined to comment, but later produced a statement where he claims to have not been involved at sure. all in the incident. I right. didn't do, I didn't so do his it. his defense yeah. is, it wasn't me. I wasn't didn't me. Do it. Yeah. Despite DNA evidence. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Uh, Pember- I mean, these guys sound like real rocket scientists. Yeah. Pemberton denies attacking the group, but claims to have been attacked by them. Sure. Blacked right. out and woke up with an axe next to him on the ground. Right. He says he then put it in his waist and walked off. As of November 19th, 2015, just the other day, the trial continues. Right. All right. Well, there you go. These guys are kind of jerk offs. Yeah. Yeah, I think Damien might have wanted to crack down on the uh, on the on the people taking stuff away from his knife collection. Yeah, don't let drunk people take weapons. Like, yeah. can we not follow that rule? I have a tip for uh, potential stabbers. Okay, all right. Let's see. Oh, a tip for stabbers. Yeah, for stabbers, not for stabbies. No, for people who want to stab. Want to stab people? Okay, okay. People who stab people. Oh, why should it be? Do what these guys did and make sure you post to Facebook. Oh yeah, with uh, your knives. For, yeah. Right before you go on your stabbing spree. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, just as a note, that will those, help you out. They were lot. different yeah. knives in the photos. Yeah, but okay. yeah, from the same place. Right, got yeah. it. <sighs> uh, I, yeah, happy just, New Year! Happy New Year! So be safe out there, people. Yeah. Be safe with walking and with other drunk idiots with yep. knives, mm-hmm. and don't drive drunk and all that other stuff. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on to pop culture. Should all we do right. that? I'm going to start it right off from the beginning. <clears throat> I tracked down what from I the think very beginning was the, the Big Bang. Well, from the worst, I wanted to find a caustic movie about New Year's, and I managed to do it. New Year's Evil. Uh, New Year's yeah. Evil. I guarantee you, the title of this film was written before mm. one word of the script oh. was ever penned. I, I, I would do you believe think that. so. Yeah, I think so. Oh. I think so. I think somebody was sitting around and they went, New Year's Eve, New Year's Evil. That's really fucking awesome. Yeah. Let's write a movie called New Year's Evil. Yeah. I guarantee you that's exactly how it went. And it's the kind of movie that when you watch it, you think this was made by aliens who kind of think they understand how humans work. Right. Got it. But they don't really. Mm-hmm. Right. It's uh-huh. that kind of weird. They're trying to show you what culture looks like, but it's not working. Right. Uh, so here's the summary. As the film begins, New Year's Eve is on its way. As right. This was filmed in 1980. Got uh, it. It's on its way. And television's most famous punk rock lady icon, Diane Sullivan, or Blaze, right. as her fans call her. Yeah is holding a late-night countdown celebration of music and partying. Got it. All is going well until Diane receives a phone call from an odd-sounding stranger. He's using a voice disguiser. Right, like a little, yeah, one of those modulators. Yeah, yeah. He's sticking in his mouth. Got it. Claiming his name is Evil. Right. Who announces on live television that when the clock strikes 12 in each time zone... Oh. A naughty girl will be punished, murdered. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the killer signs off with a thread claiming that Diane will be the last naughty girl to be punished. Ooh, it's like Got killer. it. Uh huh. And the movie basically goes through paint by numbers. I'm evil. And I'm gonna like kill people. A very, uh, it's uh, bad. Very complex and nuanced plot. <laughs> it does have a twist. Uh huh. It kind a of twist has, the knife inside. I would, oh, yeah. I would say it has no, Chubby two Checkers. twists. Oh. Do the twist. He did the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that the movie works is she's constantly in this set where yep. she's doing her basically her version of New Year's Rock and Eve, which yep. they try to make a big deal on her to be a big star. But, but New Year's Punk Rock Eve. 
doesn't make any sense. Right, yeah. Like, and there's this band called Shadow okay. that plays the theme song New Year's Evil, which I actually have to admit I kind of dug. Okay. It's like it's All like right. cheesy, like hair band. New Year's Evil. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. But I was like, this works. It yep. works for me. Mm-hmm. But then what didn't Very work? Nugent. Yeah. What didn't work was the band basically is never off the screen. Yeah. Like even in scenes where they're showing other people, very often the band is on the TV in the background. Right. So I think that maybe okay. the manager of the band was part of the producer of this movie, right. and they're thinking we'll get you into this thing, right. and you'll become huge and big. Right. Or what was the name like of the that. band? Cross promotion. Uh, Shadow. Shadow. I think it's with an E instead of a W at the end. S H E. S H A D O E. That's how Shadow Stevens. That's how Shadow Stevens spells his name. So here's the great thing. Instead of the W, maybe it's Shadow Stevens Band. Oh yeah, Shadow Stevens. Before he became a a radio personality. I mostly know him from was it the Match Game or Hollywood Squares? He was on Hollywood Squares. That's that's what it was. But he was a a Los Angeles uh, radio personality. Yeah, I didn't listen to Los Angeles radio, so Yeah. yeah. This entire movie's up on YouTube. I doubt mm-hmm. it's legal, but I doubt also anybody really gives a crap because right. nobody would pay money to see this. Shadow does. Yeah. Well, Shadow probably wants it to be seen. They're so. waiting oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. those residual checks to start flowing in that they were promised when they licensed all their material to the movie. And uh, it is, as you would guess, 83 minutes long. The actual YouTube video is much longer because they just taped it off of Turner Classic Mu- Movies. Right. Oh, so the ads all in. And so there's a bunch of ads at the end. Wait. New Year's Evil was yeah. on TCM? Yeah. Was on Turner Classic Movies? Yes. Where year was it from? What about 1980. This? What about <laughs> this is classic? 35 years ago? I don't know. Yeah, but is there a classic element to this movie whatsoever? No. no. It's like, oh, this is a classic film noir. This is a classic. I'll watch whatever Robert Osborne tells me to at the beginning and the end of the movie. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Wow, you're an Osborne head, hey? So I'll, I'll spoil the quote-unquote twist. So right. what happens is at the beginning she's got her show, and right. then you see the evil guy like fooling women into believing that he's harmless, and right. then well, he cuts their throat and stuff like that. Right, and he yeah. keeps doing seduction. He's a tall, handsome-looking guy mm-hmm. and calls in disguising his voice. And then at the end he makes his way to the show where mm-hmm. he ends up having to get past police by pretending to be a cop uh, for some reason. Right. Because it turns out once he's inside, he changes back into his regular clothes, and he's her husband. Oh. The killer is her mm. husband. Okay. And so she thinks he's fine, and then he starts doing his crazy monologue about why he's doing everything. Yeah. And it seems like the script probably just said, and now to try to tell her why you're killing her and she's a naughty girl. Because right. it looked like he was making it up as he was going along and it didn't That's make any possible. sense even for a crazy person. Yeah. Right? It was just, because you're a naughty... Like, he just changed instantly into this petulant little, you're a naughty girl and I've got to punish you. And I'm like, you guys just really don't know why he's doing it, do no. you? No backstory. That's all right. That's right. <sighs> Let's write a better New Year's so Eve horror movie right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Right. Old man, the old man from the previous year, yes. right. has to uh, has to kill the baby, has to be killed no. by the baby. 
Yeah, has to be killed by the baby. Oh, it's like a Chucky thing. That's right. right. Yes. The evil baby. Got it. The, from the new year has to every year has to kill an old man. That's the twist. It seems like it's a Chucky baby killing an old man, right? Demonic baby. Not but it turns out this is the natural way of the world. And if the baby didn't kill Father Time, the world would end. Then Father Time, yeah, something horrible happens. He goes crazy. Right. And nobody dies. Right. And then, right. And oh, then I, we all die of insanity because we're about, a million years old. How about the twist is? Is that the baby ends up killing Father Time, but like the whole setup all along is that Father Time is trying to kill the baby and sacrifice the baby for the to the new year, and the baby turns around like Cabin in the Woods style, and uh, you know undoes the 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 plot, and it's it's that baby from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, okay, this yeah, is the cigar smoking, the cigar baby. smoking, you know, uh, foul mouthed yeah. baby, yeah, <laughs> with right. the Tommy gun. I think we did it. Okay, right, that's, that's it. A winner. Let's we'll we'll put up our Kickstarter for that that's pretty right. quick. Bang bang boom. Now Boogie Nights has a pretty great scene that takes place on New Year's Eve. Okay. Yeah. The death of Little Bill, played by William H. Macy. Mm. In it, he comes into their nineteen. It's New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy nine. You know, the next yep. day is going to be nineteen eighty. And we'd established uh, through a number of previous scenes mm-hmm. that uh, his porn star wife was constantly cuckolding him, played by off. Nina Hartley, yep. actual porn star. Mm-hmm. He walks into the uh, party looking for his wife. It's a nice one Like, it's a yep. one-shot of him coming mm-hmm. all the way in, going down through there, opens the door. You don't see what's going on, but you f- you kind of figure out, understand what's going on. Emotionless, he turns back, goes outside, goes to his car, grabs his gun, yep. walks inside, opens the door, and shoots both of them. Yeah. Now, I've, I found out a little trivia about this. When he originally murders them, they did actually have a shot of them being shot, shot. Like on screen yeah but it was too disturbing and so in the actual released film it instead then does the first cut to the reaction of the new year's eve party screaming in horror yeah uh they're well not screaming in horror they go ah what's that and then they don't know because there's no more shooting yeah he walks down the hall kind of smiles and then shoots himself in the mouth yeah and it smash cuts to 80s yeah yeah mm-hmm. well it's a you know it's a metaphor for death of the 70s it's that, well, also, William H. Macy's character is loosely based on porn actor Cal Jammer, yeah. whose girlfriend, Jill Kelly, was having a secret relationship with actress P.J. Sparks and another with a male porn actor. Yeah. Jammer later shot himself in the head on Kelly's front lawn. Oh, there you mm. go. So it's that. Uh, I also found out Nina Hartley and the now unseen actor, because they cut that scene, yeah. decided to actually have sex on the first take of that deleted shot right. until the producer said, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Too bad. And uh, also, when uh, he was on Inside the Actor's Studio, William H. Macy recalled that at the rap party, Nina Hartley, who played his wife, yeah. gave everybody in the cast her horn films as gifts. Right. And the present that she gave him was a copy of Nina Hartley's Guide to Anal Sex. Oh, there you go. Sure. Good times. Hey, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling. An ominous feeling. A feeling you know that will when the week is new and we'll have more gross facts for you and you'll have things you want to hear about we will
Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being forced to DJ a slow roasting club fire. This week's intermission was Sexist Bullshit by The Double Clicks. Hear more at thedoubleclicks.com. To comment on episodes and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Support us at patreon.com slash causticsoda. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at causticpodcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Joe Fulgham. Thanks for listening to Season 6 of Caustic Soda. Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all what's in a what's why why do I want to forget all of my acquaintances? Well, that's I actually looked at it's not at all interesting. It's not going to be in the show, but I looked up what the fuck does that song mean? And it starts off with going "Old Lang Syne" is like uh, like uh, "Once Upon a Time." It's basically it's it's Scottish, so don't worry about the actual words. It means like long ago, mm. and so for should all acquaintances be forgot? Is that like should we forget about the past? Is that what we should do? And then it's like no, yay, oh. old timey, let's remember how good it was and raise a drink. That's what that song is. Mm-hmm.